Welcome, friends, to Jubilee Church Teesside, Sundays together at home. If you're joining us afresh, greetings from all of us. Hope you enjoy and benefit from this morning's service online. If you're listening today and wouldn't necessarily call yourself a Christian, my encouragement and question to you today would be, why not? Have you ever thought that question through, really? We are seeing and hearing in the newspapers and how many people in the midst of all that is happening are asking this question right here, right now. People want answers. People are confused. The, the revelation that got me when I started my journey of discovery some 20 years ago or so now was believing in God requires robust thinking. I hope that doesn't come as a surprise to you. In fact, as a doctor who loves and appreciates science and evidence and data, I have realised that Christian faith consists of demands, in fact stimulates the most profoundest reasoning and rationality there is. As one of the <clears throat> most brilliant academic thinkers of our time, C.S. Lewis, the writer of the Narnia Chronicles, um, said, God whispers to us in our pleasure. He speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. No doubt pain as God's megaphone is a terrible instrument. It may lead to final and unrepented rebellion. In other words, people will ignore it. But, says Lewis, it gives the only opportunity the bad man can have for amendment. Listen, God loves you and wants the very best for you. And maybe in this time, he's trying to get your attention as a loving father, not with a whisper, but with a megaphone. Why don't you join us at our online alpha from, from the comfort of you and safety of your own, very, of your own home? I, I started that journey as an angry, confused, grieving, depressed young man coming out of medical school and starting out as a career doctor. Those enjoyable and thought-provoking sessions changed my life forever. I've seen the same in countless individuals over the last 20 years, from all backgrounds, stories, cultures and experiences. Colossians 2, 1 to 8 reads, My goal is that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That is very profound. It's probably my most favourite, uh, one, one of my favourite passages in the Bible. Anyhow, what have we got to you today? Those of you who regularly listen or are part of Jubilee will know over the last few weeks we have been unpacking and praying through the Apostle Paul's description in Galatians 5 from the Bible of what having God on the inside looks like. God the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian, his fruits and evidence of holiness in us. Let me remind you uh, what Paul says in Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. 
Today, we unpack gentleness, but let's stand back for a second before we come close again and look at gentleness in detail. Next week is Pentecost Sunday. It's a celebration. Pentecost was the day when all that Jesus was saying over the preceding three years or so, what the Bible story had been declaring for centuries, suddenly exploded onto the world stage. And these descriptions of holiness and fruiting that we have been looking through gradually over the last few weeks is this legacy of Jesus' life on earth. Let me explain. After three years of being with Jesus, giving up everything for Jesus, getting schooled in godliness and faith by Jesus, messing up and learning through mistakes in front of Jesus, the disciples one day suddenly hear this same Jesus say in John 13, my children, I will be with you only a little while longer. What? This was tragic news to them, as you can imagine. But eventually they came to realise that it wasn't a going at all that Jesus was describing. Rather, it was a coming. Jesus said in John 14, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Gentleness and these other fruit of the Spirit are part of a greater dialogue, a greater promise. Jesus was declaring that before I was with a f just a few of you, but now I will send the Spirit of myself, God the Holy Spirit, me in every way, so that I can be with everyone, everywhere, every time. The Spirit of Jesus Christ with you, with me, in you, from you, always. And so Pentecost Sunday next week is the party to shout about that very reality. Jesus wants to be seen and heard through you and through me. Holiness is what sets us apart as God's very own delight. And these fruits come from that intimacy and closeness with Jesus. The Spirit of Christ in all of us to see and be changed. So that's the big picture. Let's look at gentleness in detail. Or meekness is, it, or is often written in some translations. Meekness. What is this characteristic all about? Well, in many ways, it seems the least desirable one, doesn't it? The boy who gets chosen last for the football team. I don't want him. But when you get what it really is, what Jesus says it is, how God values it so much that he says the, in the greatest speech ever heard, the Sermon on the Mount, the meek, the gentle will inherit the whole earth. Well, wow, what a fruit. But what is it? Well, we'll start with what it's not. It's not an avoidance of activity or interest, a kind of acceptable laziness. That's not meekness. Indolence. It's not a flabbiness, as the great Martin Lloyd-Jones put it. Almost a, almost a not bothered manner. It's not just a niceness either, a, a spirit of compromise out of fear and insecurity. A bit of a doormat that people walk over. Isn't he meek? Oh, isn't he gentle? Lovely. That's not what meekness is when it comes to the Bible. In fact, it's a very difficult word to translate, actually, the, the Greek word praus. In fact, in the whole of the Bible, only two people are described as praus, meek. Moses, 
hardly a wimpish or lacking boldness and courage kind of guy. And the other is Jesus, in his own words, actually, Matthew 11. Come to me, learn from me. There it is again, thinking, think it through. For I am gentle, meek, proud and humble in heart, says Jesus. In fact, the Apostle Paul's understanding of gentleness is rooted in this very characteristic of Jesus. And therefore, all of us who are in Christ, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10.1, by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, naughty church at Corinth. So what does it mean? Well, the term praus, a meek person, a gentle person, is one who is obedient to the will of God. Um, he's patient, he's slow to anger. Meekness is about being yielded, teachable, responsible. It's about being humble, respectful. Meekness is an important part of true love, actually. Love is patient, love is kind, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered as the famous marriage passage from 1 Corinthians 13 shouts out. I found this quote from a Greek word study really helpful, describing the training of war horses. I believe it's prophetic for us. This is what, this is what it says. The word praus was borrowed from the military and relates to horse training. I hope you feel encouraged by that. The Greek army would find the wildest horses in the mountains and bring them to be broken in. After months of training, they sorted the horses into categories. Some were discarded, some were broken and made useful for bearing burdens. Some were useful for ordinary duty and the fewest of all though graduated as war horses. When a war horse passed the conditioning required for a war horse, its state was described as prous, meek, gentle. This meek, gentle war horse had power under authority, strength under control. A war horse never ceased to be determined, strong and passionate. However, it learned to bring its nature under discipline. It gave up being wild, unruly, out of control and rebellious. A war horse learned to bring that nature under control. It would now respond to the slightest touch of the rider, stand in the face of cannon fire, thunder into battle and stop at a whisper. It was now meek. To become this kind of person, God must tame and train us. It's an attitude that requires us to swim upstream. It doesn't come naturally to us. He wants war horses, meek and gentle ones. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German evangelical pastor, staunchly opposed to the Nazi dictatorship. He refused to keep his views about Hitler's euthanasia program and his genocidal persecution of the Jews quiet. He was arrested in April 1943 by the Gestapo and imprisoned for one and a half years, eventually ending up in Flossenburg concentration camp. And at the age of just 39 on the 9th of April 1945, just as the Nazi regime was collapsing actually, 21, only 21 days before Hitler committed suicide, Bonhoeffer was hanged at dawn. Later a man called Eberhard 
Bethger, student of, and friend of Bonhoeffer's, uh, writes of another man who saw the execution. And this is what he wrote. I saw Pastor Bonhoeffer kneeling on the floor, praying fervently to God. I was most deeply moved by the way this lovable man prayed, so devout and so certain that God heard his prayer. At the place of execution, he again said a short prayer and then climbed the few steps to the gallows, brave and composed. His death was ensued after a few seconds. In the almost 50 years that I worked as a doctor, I have hardly ever seen a man die so entirely submissive to the will of God. Meekness is bold humility and aggressive patience. It is the spiritual dis discipline, discipline that overcomes the world. So how do we cultivate it? A few things really well. And, and really in a nutshell, it's about living out who we are in confidence. Yes, we remember our frailty, how much we have been forgiven before God, but we also celebrate and rejoice in the grace of God. He chose us when I look in the mirror. That's a miracle, really. We take the time to make friends and get to know meek people. It rubs off on us. We delight in and celebrate others. Irrigate our souls in their joys and sorrows rather than just thinking about ourselves. We even consider how God is working through our enemies or people who criticize us. These are the ways of thinking and being that help us grow in gentleness. Prouse. But most importantly of all, we walk daily in fellowship with Jesus Christ, remembering his promise. He is faithful and true. Meekness and gentleness are not for the faint-hearted. Rather, it is to be a war horse in the kingdom of God. Not a doormat, but like Bonhoeffer, a warrior for God. To end, I want you to reflect on what he describes as meekness and gentleness and its relationship to the church. You might want to unpack that in your groups. This is what he says. Blessed are the meek, for they shall possess the earth. This community of strangers, the church, possesses no inherent right of its own to protect its members in the world. Nor do they claim such rights, for they are meek. They renounce every right of their own and live for the sake of Jesus Christ. When reproached, they hold their peace. When treated with violence, they endure it patiently. When men drive them from their presence they yield their ground they are determined to leave their rights to god alone their right is in the will of their lord that and no more leave heaven to them says the world in its pity that is where they belong but jesus says they the meek shall inherit the whole earth to these the powerless and the disenfranchised the very earth belongs. Those who now possess it by violence and injustice shall lose it. And those who here have utterly renounced it, who were meek to the point of the cross, shall rule the new earth. God does not forsake the earth. He made it. He sent his son to it. And on it, he built his church, your church, my church. Thus, a beginning has already been made in this present age. A sign has been given. 
the powerless have here and now received a plot of earth. For they have the church and its fellowship, its goods, its brothers and sisters, you and me, in the midst of persecutions, even to the length of the cross. The renewal of the earth begins at Golgotha, where the meek one died. And from thence it will spread. When the kingdom of God finally comes, the meek shall possess the earth. Thanks for listening. And consider joining us for Alpha Online soon.